right now I find myself in the position that I often find myself, which is where I'm about to quote something that I don't particularly remember the source for. It's really easy to do. I hear something. I don't realize it's important at the time. I'm sure you do this too. And then it sticks in your head. And three days later, you remember the idea and not remember where it came from. But the idea is this, that there are four burners, like a stove, in life. There's friends. There's family. There's work. And there's your health. Or as I probably would put it more specifically, there's your family, your social life, your aspiration, or your goal in life, and your health. And you can't burn all four burners at one time. <laughs> so you have to turn one off. And this is why you know people who put too much into work don't have uh, good relationships with their children and stuff like that. That's the whole theory, right? Or they have a terrible heart problems because of stress or because of lack of exercise. And I don't remember the whole theory. I don't remember how many burners you get, but I mean, it's a fake theory. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But I'm thinking about it right now because I spend my burn. The one burner that is always burning is my aspiration, my podcasting, my writing, my whatever creative avenue that's that one is always burning. I pretty much had my friend burner, my social life burner, on very, very low, almost to where the flame is about to go out. Uh, family, probably just a little bit higher than that. And then health was probably my number two. And it, I would say that right now those are probably still the situation with all four. But what I've been finding is the more that I put into my creative work, the lower the flame goes on all of them. So that it's not just taking from one, it actually takes from all three. So what I've been really trying to do is get my health burner higher. And one of the ways that I've been trying to do that is something that I've not shared is I've been told uh, once by a doctor that I'm pre-diabetic. Not exactly sure what that means other than it's not good. I assume it's like an introduction phase to becoming a diabetic. And that just has to do with being out of shape. It's really weird to be told that I'm still out of shape when I walk over an hour every day. I eat healthy. Um, my body just, maybe it's just years and years of abuse that I'm still working to get to a balanced level at least. So one of the things that I notice with this is if I eat a lot of carbohydrates and I eat a lot during the day, I will fall asleep in the afternoon. Like the type of falling asleep that I wish I felt when I went to bed, which is just this overwhelming need to close my eyes and my brain is powering down. And it's a very weird experience for me. I almost never feel that tired. But obviously it makes sense. You know, my blood sugar is plummeting or whatever is going on. And one of the ways that I've felt, uh, felt one of the ways I found 
that completely eradicates that. Not like helps, but literally gets rid of that happening is intermittent fasting. And this isn't a plug for that. But I just, I've found for my body that if I don't eat for 12 or more hours a day, including the eight hours of sleeping, if I go, we'll say 11 o'clock at night and I don't eat until one o'clock the next day or even noon the next day, that doesn't happen. Something about that circadian rhythm, 12 hours of not eating cancels out that whole process of me crashing. Yet recently I've been, you know, I'm recording two episodes a week minimum for random badassery. Plus I've been bringing back in guests. So every few weeks I have a third episode that week and following each episode, the next day is an hour to two hours of editing to get it up. Um, depending on the audio quality, sometimes more. And then trying to maintain this Patreon and put up things that are interesting. And also trying to write my novel, trying to play more, which is like creatively play more, that is, uh, which involves trying to paint for me right now. Uh, I probably should pick up my guitar sometime soon as well. That's a good way to play. There's no pun intended there. Damn. (laughs) And then also I have this other project that I'm playing with that I might do. I might not do. I'm just uh, putting my feet in the pool to test the water. So I've got a lot burning. I've got a lot put into everything right now. And I must be using more brain juice than I normally use because I'm starving all of the time. So this whole intermittent fasting thing, I'll go like two days where I'm doing really good with it. And then the third day I will wake up at like three in the morning and go to the bathroom. And then when I'm walking, I have to go through the kitchen and go to the bathroom. Um, As I walk back through the kitchen, inevitably I'll see something to eat and put it in my mouth. And, you know, you're, you've been half asleep. You know that your willpower is not very strong at that point. So the rest of the day I could be very strong. And then here I, I eat that. And then it's like, oh, you know, it's like three in the morning. And that means that if I'm going to do this fasting thing, because I ate that, now I have to wait till four or five o'clock the next day to eat again. And it just, it negates the time. Basically, it negates all the time until the time I put that in my mouth uh, where I'm sleeping. You know, you want to use, if you're going to do intermittent fasting, you want to use that eight hours as part of that time. You don't want to intermittent fast <laughs> another time. So when you eat in the middle of the night, now you negate, you know, four or five hours. Well, I guess in that case, it's really only. Uh, two hours for me to one to two hours. I go to bed at like one or two in the morning, but that's still pushing it an hour or two further into my day where I'm awake and fasting. When you're awake is the hardest part. As anybody knows, fasting when you sleep is the easy part. So I've really been struggling with that. And I'm not sure how I'm going to find the willpower. You know, so I've been thinking a lot about that burner thing. I was like, maybe I need to dial back a little bit 
on something, and I don't know how to do that. I can't record less episodes of this podcast, because, and nor do I want to. I can't do less for my Patreon. In fact, I really want to do more for my Patreon. So I think what what's going to end up suffering is the novel and this project, which is fine. You know, I don't want the novel to suffer. I shouldn't say the project suffering is fine. I can do the testing of the waters of the project at a much slower pace. I just, I'm not positive that's going to be enough. <laughs> and on top of all of that, I really, really want to work on my social life burner just a little bit. I like to see humans every so often. Uh, well, I don't know why. You know, these these what I want to talk about episodes, they're just what's on my mind. I had this idea that I could, oh, I sat, I sat in front of the computer and I could write about this thing. And I was like, wait a minute, that's that's what the whole point of these what I want to talk about episodes are. It's like a journal entry almost. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a rant. Sometimes it's a essay, audio essay. So this one's more of a journal. I don't really have a conclusion to this. It's just kind of what I'm going through. I think it's really important when you put out content to the world. You know, when you when you present yourself as there's so many gross words for this. So I'm going to just try to stack them. A creator, a maker. These are all just kind of ridiculous sounding titles. But when you put yourself out as someone who makes things, it's really important to give people a peek into some of the difficulties as well. Because I know that at least when I was growing up, I used to read a lot of magazines about the, these are people far more, important than I probably am to anyone, but you know, like my heroes, I don't think I'm anybody's hero, so I'm not making that comparison, but I would look at my heroes, which were the only people that were giving interviews and, you know, podcasts didn't exist then. So it was like a radio interview was like the closest thing that we got then, but I'd be watching these things and I always got the perception that they had something I didn't, that they were gifted with some sort of, I don't know, blessing. So I'm not a religious person. It's a weird use of that word, but like that they had an ability to see things and to do things and to create things. And they were born with that. And I wasn't. At the same time, I was also watching those things, figuring, well, if I can copy, if I can see that quality that they have and I can copy it, then maybe I can like fake my way into this whole thing. And uh, I'm going to take a sip of my water. I'm getting dry mouth. But where I'm going with this, those were heroes. And I think for the most part that has begun to change where heroes go on things like Joe Rogan. They go on things like uh, WTF with Mark Marin. They go on things with Terry gross, uh, fresh air. They go on Charlie Rose. And when he was still on the air and not in trouble, um, and they would share more vulnerable parts of themselves. And they do that now. That's more common, more and more common. 
But I think it's extremely, extremely important for people like me, people who aren't famous, people who are just, you know, one rung of the, of that work ladder higher than someone, you know, like the difference, the only difference between me and somebody else is I'm putting out content and they aren't. That's it. I haven't achieved any fame. I haven't achieved any success. I'm just doing something. I've taken the idea and I took the first step. And there's somebody one step above me and one step above that. And then, you know, a hundred thousand steps above me is people like, you know, Beyonce and Tom Waits and Nick Cave. So I think it's important for everybody along the rungs of those ladders to share not only things that they learn, but their their vulnerabilities and their struggles. Because if everybody on different routes and different rungs on that ladder can share those things, for people who haven't taken a step yet, it really gives them a realistic look at how to achieve something you know if you if you could find musicians all along those steps you know the guy who just started playing guitar and then the next step is the guy who wrote his first song and then the guy who recorded an album and the guy who actually sold a couple albums and the guy who has a hundred fans and then above that is the guy who got to do his first tour and then above that's the guy that just um got featured on some magazine And then above that's a guy who got a record deal. And above that is the guy who had a pretty successful first album. And then above that is the guy with the one-hit wonder. And above that is the guy like Jay-Z that's just selling millions and millions and millions of albums. And if you can look at and be able to see and read and hear the vulnerabilities and the struggles and the realistic steps that everybody took on those steps of the or rungs of that ladder you could actually begin to, like I was trying to do when I was young, follow the path. So you give people a path. And it's, it's. I think a lot of people are afraid to do it, number one, they don't like to be vulnerable, but they're also afraid to do it because they're afraid of the competition. But the reality is when it comes to the creative fields, there is no competition. You know, we we, we sell ourselves that, fiction because it's been sold to the people before us and sold to the people before, but I could give someone an idea. I could tell someone the exact idea of my novel and they could take that and go write a novel. What they come out with will be completely different than what I come out with. Why? Because they're them and I'm me. Their experience is their experience. My experience is my experience. Their strengths are their strengths. My strengths are my strengths. My weaknesses are my weaknesses. Their weaknesses are their own. The creative field excels because of individuality. So being able to be vulnerable and to put forth all of the possible stumbling blocks that someone could face on your rung of the ladder is in a way paying forward 
anything that you've gotten from people, you know, whether it is from a teacher or from one of your heroes in an interview, anything that inspired you to move forward. Because I feel like hearing the real vulnerabilities and being able to hear them before you have to face them is one of the most inspiring things to know that it's going to be hard when this happens and to know that before it happens allows you at least to mentally prepare and it gives you just a little bit of an edge. And I don't know about you, but I think that a world where people where more people are being creative and less people are afraid of being judged or failure is a better world. So I'm just doing my part with these episodes, especially this one. I'm just, you know, the guy that's one on, on rung number one of a very tall ladder. There's my vulnerability and I hope that it helps you.